Please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. What a game, huh? It was honestly, it was perfect. It was a perfect game to follow Chuck Fletcher's comments that they're going, he expects them to be uh, more competitive going forward. Uh, just just kind of comical that, yeah, they were they were decent in the first period. Uh, only give up the one goal. And then in the second, uh, they get, I believe, two shots on net. They're outshot 17 to two, I think it was in the second, and uh, just lose the game right there. Are just completely manhandled by a far, far superior team. It's comical <laughs> that, you know, oh, we're going to be more competitive. Yeah, you're capable of beating some bad teams. Sure. You can do that on any given night because it's fucking the NHL, you know? All the mediocre teams can beat each other every now and then. But when you see the the true talent disparity between a team with Stanley Cup aspirations as the Tampa Bay Lightning have and this whatever the Flyers are built to do, I still have zero idea of what the hell their plan was or... Uh, was supposed to be, you just you just have to laugh almost. Uh, they end up, you know, they had a nice little third period, but yeah, you're down three nothing. So sure, you turned it on a little bit. You end up, oh, good for Travis Konechny scoring a goal. They don't get shut out. Uh, bummer. Carter Hart gave up that that little bouncer off the backboards there. That sucked. But overall, the game was it was decided by the point that happened. And the Flyers did answer after that. That's when they actually started to play a little bit in the third. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. They're terrible. Uh, that's I don't. I I hope they lose ten in a row again. Just just honestly to continue making Chuck Fletcher look like a fool. Uh, following his oh, I expect us to be. Uh, I expect us to be more competitive. Yeah, why? Why do you expect that? Because you're. You don't know what you're talking about? That's my guess. Uh, anyway, let's get to you. Uh, I don't feel like doing this all night, so I want to get to the uh, I want to get to the calls as soon as possible. I believe Ian Ackerman was first. What's going on tonight? Hey, man? what's up, Bill? Oh, just another night in Flyers land. Yeah. Hey, how about Risto earning that contract with that uh, that big slide and uh, deflecting that? <laughs> That pass attempt and uh, that what five minute shift it seemed like. Uh, it's like I, I at this point it's it, it seems a waste of time to pick on Ristolainen, but it's just another example of uh, of Chuck Fletcher being a buffoon. That's I don't even want to. It's not even about criticizing him at this point. It's about yeah, criticizing no. the general manager. Yeah, no, for sure it is, and. Um, Man, I was hoping we'd see Delorier and Maroon go at it, but uh, I was bummed that they didn't drop the gloves. That would have been a good one. I wish we had seen that. Yeah, you would have bought the jersey for sure if that would have happened. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> go after Big Rig? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, are we allowed to say that? Is it is it kosher to call him Big Rig, even though it's his nickname? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, serious question, though. Like, how... How much do you think Carter Hart can take of, uh, you know, just playing? I mean, he let in that clunker, but he played pretty damn well for the rest of the game. And, like, how much do you think it's going to take for him to kind of be like, you know, like, screw this. Like, how many more seasons or can he endure of this if it's going to be, you know, a couple years of pretty bad hockey? 
I mean, what is going to keep him to want to sign an extension and, you know, be the guy? You know what I mean? I, I It's a great question. You know, I can't speak to what his mindset is. I know a lot of guys uh, want that eighth year. You know, they just want the eighth year. Maybe that's something. Maybe they start to put a team together in front of him over the – what's he got this year or two more left on his contract. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If his – if his priority is, you know, playing in the playoffs and going on deep runs and having a team in front of him that he can backstop to, you know, conference finals, Stanley Cup finals, cup championships, there has to be a real change if that is his priority because there's nothing close to that happening here anytime in the near future. Right. All right, that's all I got, man. Have a good okay. night. It is. Uh, thanks a lot, Ian. I appreciate you dropping by. It is interesting to think, you know, we just kind of assume Carter Hart's going to be here forever because guys do that. Uh, you know, Claude Giroux, after suffering through all those seasons, he didn't want to leave and, you know, basically demanded. He told Chuck Fletcher, you know, if you guarantee you'll bring me back, I'll go wherever the hell you want. And he ended up in Florida because Fletcher couldn't give him that guarantee. It's the only, re- you know, he would have come back here after all the bullshit he's been through. So hockey players are different. I'm sure there's plenty out there who would prefer better situations, but we've had a lot of guys who are willing to stick with this thing. You know, Travis Sanheim just signed an eight-year deal. Now, could he have got that money in term elsewhere? I don't know. Probably not. It seems like the absolute maximum in terms of both that he was possibly worth, and they're willing to give it to him now, but he he is a guy who wants to be a part of the solution, apparently. So I, I suppose there's a reason for some guys to want to stay and maybe Carter Hart will be one of them. Uh, let's go to uh, Ben Bleefeld. What's up tonight, Ben? Hey, Bill, how are you doing? I'm um, well, how are you? Uh, as good as one can with this Flyers team. Yeah. Uh, at, at what point do we, uh, do we stop letting Chuck Fletcher get away with the whole, you know, mountain of injuries excuse? Because I mean, this is the second year in a row. And it's like, I know we say he's the general manager, can't blame him for injuries, but at what point do we just say, well, you know, it keeps happening. And, you know, they they said the whole thing with 500, you know, man games lost injury last year. At what point does does Dave Scott say that doesn't matter? Like, I I can't figure this out. It's it's a real – it's a it's a major concern that it's going to be an excuse that they accept, and then he's allowed to stick around uh, and have a say in what will eventually have to become a rebuild. You know, like they're going to have to at some point because this thing's falling off the rails. And if it's like, no, we like what Chuck did; he just got unlucky. It's a major concern. The thing it just has to be like, yo, if everyone's healthy, and that includes Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier, how good is this team? They're not cup contenders. You know, maybe they can win a division or something, maybe, you know, but probably a high-end wildcard team capable of getting to the second round at best. You know, that's, that's what this team's ceiling would be in a best-case scenario. Yeah I, yeah, I totally get that. And as you know, I'm, I'm sure you also know it's much more fun to speculate about what the hell could possibly go, be going on inside this organization than actually watching the team. Oh, so, well, absolutely. I mean, did you so, watch that game? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I would much well, rather – I would listen to someone make shit up about what's going on with this team over watching them if given the choice. All right, so then you might enjoy that. I galaxy-brained this a little bit. <laughs> but so it, I, I was thinking, you know, what could hope could they possibly be hanging on to? And the only thing I could come up with is – they still believe, they still look at that 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues team and say, maybe that could be us. What they're not taking into account is the fact that that was a team that was greatly underperforming. They had Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, who's one of the best right-shot D in the league, who were and didn't have a great coach, and they were underperforming. This team, especially with Torts as the head coach, I would argue is still overperforming, and... I mean, so what I've kind of thought of is this. I've, how much time does Dave Scott give Chuck Fletcher? And you think, uh, 
maybe he's, you know, maybe he gives him a year. Well, we are clo- quickly approaching uh, somewhat January 26th. Do you know what January 26th is? January 26th. Uh, no. January 26th is the one-year anniversary of the aggressive retool blank check press conference. Ha, okay, okay. And if you wondered, I wonder if the Flyers are playing that night. They are, and they will be traveling to St. Paul, Minnesota to play Chuck's old squad. And I hope we get blown out and we say to Minnesota, here's your crap back. Yeah, just leave him. <laughs> just Yeah, it's and the just, only difference between that and him trading Gostas Bear for nothing is at least somebody was willing to take Gostas Bear. <laughs> no, that's you know, looking at looking at Fletcher's track record, it when his Parisian suitor are the only things close to acquiring high end talent, and sure, I guess you can put those on his resume, but looking at how, how those contracts worked out when they hired him, the story was like, Oh, well, management, you know, ownership just Beg. They basically forced him to sign those deals and everything. So that's not him. And Kirill Kaprizov is a fifth-round pick. If you knew he was a fucking superstar, you would have taken him in the first. You know, that's just straight luck. He's never yeah. acquired high-end talent. He has no idea how to do it, or he doesn't value it. It's one or the well, other. Isn't the thing with the Parise and Suter contract is that's literally the reason they had to make the rule? They had to cap how many years you, and how you could sign for yeah, that it was that, it was that off season. The, like, it was those him. contracts, the Weber, the the Weber uh, offer sheet, and the Kovalchuk. Yeah, it was like that off season because all the GMs thought there would be salary rollbacks because they knew a, a a lockout was coming. So they thought the money was fake, but they didn't get it this time the way they did in 05. So they had to actually honor those fucking contracts. They thought it was I mean, they money. also they also all think they're smarter than they actually are. Oh, so, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, so a- anyway, yeah, I just spent some time thinking about that. And I, it would be so poetic if they just fired him that night. That's, I but, really hope so, because a year is too much. A year means another off. I agree. And that's, that's, that's detrimental. Like, at this point, you know, the, the hay is in the barn or whatever. They're fucked for a certain amount of time. But another year kicks the can another two for how long it's going to take to recover. Look, yeah, the best day to fire Chuck Fletcher would be tomorrow. Yes, if not, it's the next best day and the day after that. And if it goes past January 26th. I'm going to be like, well, we missed our shot to at least have a little bit of closure, but whatever. That would be great. Actually, now I'm hoping for that, Ben. Thanks a lot for jumping in tonight. Uh, I want to see that happen. Uh, now, obviously, I'd like to see it happen tomorrow, but that January 26th date would be uh, very satisfying. Let's go to Patrick Reed Miller. What's up tonight, Patrick? Hey, Bill. Long time no see, right? Ugh. Yes. This is Groundhog's Day, man. So uh, I guess I guess we're gonna we'll call this one pile on Chuck Fletcher. Did you see the uh, I don't know the Kimmelman tweet or whatever about him and uh, Dave Scott talking? I don't that? think I don't think I did. Basically, he's like, he said um, I'll I'll read the end of it on one of them. He's like, what means what means in terms of wins and losses? I don't know, but the vibe in the room is so much different than last year, and I'm just like, what? Like that's sure? all. It's just <laughs> such bullshit. Like I don't care what the vibe in the room is if you've lost eleven of twelve. Like who gives a fuck? Like it's oh so my, bad. you know whether they're holding each other accountable, whether they're all too friendly, whether the leaders are good or bad, it doesn't matter if the team can't win. Like all that other shit is secondary, you know, having good players. That's what matters first. Being able to win a game. That's what matters. And they can't. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause it seems like when they're, uh, when I was reading it, they're like, this guy's totally going to get canned, but then he's going to be team president. And we're going to be like, why? And I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. They just, they can't do it again. They can't possibly leave this group in charge. And by this group, you know what I mean. You know, he has exactly. the job because he's Bobby Clark's boy. These people, <laughs> it's not like I think Bobby, Clark's, Bobby Clark makes day-to-day decisions anymore. It's just that it doesn't matter because the guy who learned from him, he got his first job in hockey. Like, they're all the same. They are of groupthink. It doesn't matter if Bob Clark's on the golf course every day, has nothing to do with the team. He's still running it because his boy's running it. 
Yeah, I, th- I don't even. I think Archidi might have tweeted too. He said we're five points out of a wild card spot. Like, I saw the wild card thing. It's hilarious the because they're five out of last place. <laughs> it's it, it's the it's the greatest manipulation. Like it's such a funny like the way. You know, oh yeah, you can get analytics to say anything you want. Like oh, we're five points out of a wild card. You're five points. You're five points up on Columbus for last. Like what are we talking about here? They must really think, like, at some point after Christmas, they might go on a run or something. But it's just like, it, it's not there, man. I can't even imagine what they actually think. It's it's scary to think that they believe this is a group of players who can do anything more than what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I just, this loss was just bad. But I just felt bad for Carhartt and all. But, like, I feel like at one point it's going to be like, I'm tired of the losing and one out. Like, that's a fear I have. I, I can't – I wouldn't blame him. I don't blame anybody. Like, the fact that – like, I, I will respect Kevin Hayes forever for coming back last year and playing after the third procedure because he thought he owed it to his teammates as, like, you know, the quote-unquote only – or the highest-paid, like, healthy guy, and he wasn't exactly healthy, but he, he thought he owed it to him. Like, Kevin Hayes can be up and down. He can be frustrating at times. He can be very good at times. I'll respect him forever for actually wanting to play for this fucking team. Yeah, and I guess I'll end on this one, Bill. So next up, we have the wonderful New Jersey Devils. Oh, my God. Uh, like, the fact that, like, they're probably light years ahead of us in, like, their rebuild, it's it's going to it's gonna hurt. It's going to sting because it looks like they got a couple of pieces and everything's starting to come together. I'm not looking It does. To you know, they did it the right way. They uh, They drafted high several times got some good young talent and then supplemented that with some good free agent acquisitions and trades. And now look at them. They're like Boston didn't lose for like the first two months of the season. And they're tied with Boston. Yeah. I guess uh, you should probably bet on Jack Hughes scoring two goals on a Saturday. I'm, I was thinking uh, maybe a he sheer hat trick to really rub our faces in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got Bill. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Thanks for dropping by tonight. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go to Nikki Hall. What's up tonight, Nikki? How you doing tonight, Bill? Outside of the game. Oh, just, just grand. Mm. Oh, something else that I don't think anybody's brought it up, but Sam goes hit his thousandth point. So that just kind of goes uh, on top. (laughs) Yeah. Good for him. Right. (laughs) I love Steven Stamkos. He's been like, you know, he had all the injuries. It kind of looked like, oh, man, we're, he's going to be a what-if player. And to see the way he's bounced back the last few years has been really incredible. He's uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a great player. I'm glad his career kind of got back on track after a lot of stop and starts with injuries and stuff. It's cool to see. Mm. Yeah, and I still – honestly, and that kind of does – and this isn't even so much on Fletcher, but, like, the fact that – we at one point wanted to pursue Stamkos. Could you imagine if he was on this team? <laughs> oh, like just if you had him and Giroux together in their primes, like what could it have been? You know, I mean, realistically, we probably could have gotten like very stressful. we could have probably made a cup appearance or two. I don't know if we would win I- it. I just they would have been interesting to watch. They would have had a chance. There was high-end players who could have taken over a playoff series. You know, like, yeah, they failed in the playoffs a couple times. Giroux could have come up bigger in some of the series. Also, every single time after 2012, they were, or even in 2012, in the first round, they were underdogs. At no point were they ever favored until, you know, the bubble. They never had enough. And they continue to just believe they can get by with, Less than everyone else. Oh, no, without a doubt. And, I mean, I know it's kind of looking back, but, like, the fact that they were, like, I think it was, I forget which magazine posted it, but it had the, Hendrick, Hendrick Lundquist was on the cover of it, and they were, like, oh, the Pens were the hottest team in the league. What team could stop them? This guy might. And then, like, <laughs> that same year is when we knocked them off in, like, six game. It's, like, uh, Henrik Lundquist will stop them? Uh, how about you try the Flyers? Cause they, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that, that was honestly one of the funnest. Th- I mean, granted we lost in the second round, but like the fact that everybody hyped the penguins up from that year and we knocked them out literally the first round we faced them, that gave me so much satisfaction. I mean, just something to look back on, but like, it, damn, it's, it was- 
it's the last time they were fun for a sustained period of time. They've had a few, you know, blips. They've had a few high points since then, but that was the last time they were actually fun. Well, yeah, aside of the bubble run, I mean, they weren't terrible. They weren't the best, but they weren't terrible. Yeah, and like from January to March of that year, they were very good. They were the best team in hockey. Then they went away for, you know, what, six months or whatever it was. And then they came back and, yeah, the bubble run was fun. And then it just ended way too soon. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, you know, you end up with the Islanders as your second round opponent. I mean, if we had ended up with maybe the Capitals instead, maybe we would have seen a different outcome. Maybe not. Uh, we'll never really know. But like, Yeah, it's, it's always what ifs with this team. You know, what happened was they weren't good enough. What ifs, it is what it is. It's pretty much the theme that we've been going with. And... Honestly, I would, and I know that no one wants to hear this, but I feel like Chuck may end up stepping down as general general manager and just keep his president's or keep the president role, which I know nobody wants, but that's basically what Holmgren did. So yeah, I, it's a big fear of mine that he's going to be a part of this organization and there won't be any real change. Maybe Danny Briere is a genius. Like I said, last show, maybe he's Stevie Y, maybe he's Joe Sackick, probably He's just another former flyer. I know he's another former flyer, but I mean, I'm honestly curious what his first move would be with Fletcher not always calling all the shots. Like, I'm curious, what will Briere, like you said, what will Briere be? Will he be, you know, the next Stevie Y? Will he be, I hope not the next Chuck Fletcher. I hope he's better than Fletcher, if I'm being honest. It would be Um, hard to be worse. That is true. Um but yeah, no. And honestly, I feel like to some degree, I think Hart sticks with us for a while. I don't foresee him demanding a trade out of here. I know that the times are tough, but like it's I, something you don't see a lot in hockey. Like I don't I'm I'd be surprised. And I wanted to just check his status real quick. Uh Cap Friendly, Flyers, where are we at? I can't remember what he has left. It's this year, oh, just this year and next year, and then he's a restricted free agent. So I suppose he could be offer sheeted. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. So I, I'd be surprised. But man, if things keep going in this direction, why would anyone want to stay? No, I completely understand that. And like you said, with Drew, it's like Fletcher had even, and Fletcher even proved it. Like, you know, Drew had said, hey, you know, send me wherever the hell you want, as long as you sign me back. And what's he do? He sends him to Florida. And what happened in the offseason? He signed with Ottawa. Fletcher didn't even give him, give him a second thought. He was like, oh, he's with, he's a senator now. Oops. Oh, he, yeah, he, he never intended to bring Drew back. And honestly, and thanks a lot for the call, Nikki. Uh, I it was time to move on for him, for us, for everything. It sucks that Giroux didn't get to finish his career here. It sucks that he didn't get to captain a Stanley Cup champion. Um, it's just it was never going to happen because the organization refused to build around him for ten years. You know they just they had one of the best players of his generation in their prime and said, "Nah, it's fine. He can just do it himself." He, here's Jake Voracek, a guy who does what you do. Uh, not someone who can take advantage of what you do, someone who does the exact same thing. And that's the second best player in the team. It was just always, it was just never going to work. Uh, let's go to Matt. What's up tonight, Matt? Uh, hey, Bill. How's your night going? Oh, tremendously. That's good, man. That's good. Um, you know, I just got a question. I, uh, I actually caught the flyer speed today, which I, I usually don't get theirs, but what happened to, uh, who the hell is that Taryn Hatcher imposter behind there? Like, Taryn was was really good looking. Who is this girl? I think she started um, – I think she might have started today. I, I believe there was, like, an announcement that she got – Taryn's doing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, she's going to be doing something with NBC Sports. She's kind of going to bounce around, I think, do multiple things. Uh, but I, I thought she was pretty good on the some of the coverage I saw. I don't pay attention that much during intermission and stuff, but I thought she was fine. Yeah, no, like she she's good for the coverage. Just like I mean, yeah. whatever. Not 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 to be creepy, but like Taryn was like one of the best parts of last year. Oh, listen, we we all love Taryn. She's she's great. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I'll make it short. But just a question, like, um, 
yeah, I was looking up free agents and whatever. Um, if they do have some cap space for for next summer, um, it looks like you know Larkin and Horvat might be the two guys who you know are centers that kind of fill a need that you know they might have money for next summer. Do you see them going after guys like that? Do you see them kind of sticking with another rebuild year? Man, I I wish I had any sort of idea of what they're going to try to do. It's like what would you I do? assume I think you just have to start over. I I, yeah. I don't see I don't see a path forward with with this group. So much will depend on if Couturier comes back and is healthy and some of the injured guys if, you know, Wade Allison really turns it on if uh, Owen Tippett just kind of continues to progress. There, a lot of it depends on what we get out of this group of people who are here. But also, you know, Travis Konechny will be 26 in March. He's Trade him, man. That's like yeah, I, exactly. I, I've been he's saying your, that this year. Like you sell high forward. on his ass. He's your best forward. He's having what could end up being the best year of his career. He signed for five and a half million. That's a contract a team would probably be willing to take, you know? Uh, he's something, someone you can get something real good for. I, I, I just – and if you're subtracting that, then you're going to add someone. I, man, they're so – they're just so stuck in the middle right now. I hope they realize they have to tear it down, but maybe yeah. with the contracts they have that they can't get out of, like Sean Couturier's, it won't be possible. I have no idea. It's like it's funny you mentioned Konechny, like because we don't have a whole lot of other guys to trade with actual value left at no. the deadline. But like you have a guy that's been pretty healthy, that's been you know fairly fairly productive even years past, but actually living up to that you know whatever skill he has this year. Um, you know, if you even let's say retain some salary on him, sure. You know, if if you dealt him out this year, you know that's that's an actual haul you could get, you know, of something substantial instead of, you know, hoping for a, I don't know, a, you know, a fart in the windstorm with Braun or JBR, um, you know, with, with moving TK, like that's, that's a ballsy move. And it's been a while since we've seen something kind of ballsy from the, the team, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it, he doesn't, Chuck Fletcher is so risk averse. It seems, you know, we were going to have a bias for action. Remember that? And it's been the opposite. <laughs> like, even when they were good, it's like, I got us Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. Oh, thanks, bro. That's going to put us over the fucking top. Like, I, he's uh, he signed Justin Braun six times. <laughs> it's like 50% of Chuck, the moves Chuck he's Fletcher, made has Chuck been Fletcher Justin Braun. Is, is a missionary man. Okay. Uh, like, it's, that's. It's, <laughs> it's very clear. <laughs> but anyway, have a, have a good one, Bill. Thanks. Right, take it easy. Thanks a lot, Matt. Man, it's. Thinking about what they could possibly do this offseason, if Chuck Fletcher is still here, that's an automatic fail. You know, it's just that's failure straight out uh, if he's the one making decisions. I, (laughs) it's just like, how do you get out of a Risto contract? How do you do some of the, uh, we talk about it all the time. I know we're beating a dead horse with some of this stuff, but I just don't. I don't even know what the plan should be at this point. I mean, I do. I just don't know how you execute it to its fullest possibility when you have guys that are unmovable. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jay. What's up, Jay? Uh, hey, Bill. Uh, I just changed my username, so uh, I prefer using this one. Um, okay. What was I going to say? Yeah, most of that game uh, felt like slow, like – uh, Chinese water torture to death. It was, um, I just found myself in the first 40 minutes of that game a lot thinking, what's the point of this game? You know, like it, I said a lot before the season, the only reason the Flyers are playing this year is because they have to fill out other teams' schedules. And that's what tonight felt like. This wasn't a Flyers game. This was a lightning game against generic opponent X in the Northeast. Like that's that's what it was. Yeah, and like I didn't hate watching the game. I like watching the Lightning. I find them very. Oh, expensive. they're great! It's great when they play these good teams. Yeah, um, you actually get to see what talent looks like. The thing is, like the Lightning aren't even like of of good teams. They're in the bottom half of like good, or uh, in terms of five on five, they're in the bottom half of what good teams are. But, but like the Lightning were just cycling the whole game. 
Like the Flyers didn't have the puck the entire second period, at least not at the, in the Lightning's end. I think like, they got outshot seventeen to two in the second period. Yeah, and um, they had nine or they had eleven shots on goal through forty minutes. That's almost hard to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm happy for Stamkos. I'll just point that out now. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. that he's, he's healthy and playing well. Uh, but isn't it going to pain you, Bill? And maybe you just want to take a shot, like at the end of the year, uh, every time you see a player who the Flyers could have drafted, who ends up with hard votes. Like, there's going to be a lot. Like, and I know we can do this for every team, but when you're going to see Pasternak and Rantanen um, and Makar and Jason Robertson, all these guys that the Flyers could have drafted at some point, like, when the Flyers were, like, clearly trying to just draft and develop kids, as they said, and the Flyers didn't draft the right guys. And I know the Patrick thing is hindsight but also like just injury prone and whatnot. Yeah. Also, he wow. was he he was hurt two or three times when you drafted Before him. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it was it was true then. You didn't yeah, it know was a, it was a risk. You didn't that. know about the migraine stuff and the concussion or whatever. You know, his issues ended up being neurologically, but you did know he he had red flags. Um, and is like the whole um Hextall into like the start of Fletcher tenure is. Are they going to learn that the Nashville <laughs> model doesn't win a cup? Because like you can you can have a lot of good defensemen if you try to replicate it, you can be good, but it's very hard to project what defensemen are at seventeen years old, and you don't win cups with straight up just defensemen. Yeah, and uh, you know Nashville has had they've been for I mean ever. You know the Flyers got Kimo Teeman and off of him twenty years ago. It feels like. Uh, They've been this the garden of defensemen for the NHL, and they've also had a Vezina caliber goalie for a lot of that time. And what have they won? You know, this is the team that's best at that thing. You called it the Nashville model. They got to one. Uh, they've been consistently good for the most part. They've been, but they haven't actually done anything spectacular. No, they had uh, post Stevens concussion Korea for two years. Well, that was really good. They had Radulov the year before he fucked off to Russia. And if Radulov stays, maybe they win a cup. And then they had like last year of Duchesne and Yossi. Like that's it in terms of actual scores. Like they yeah. don't they, like, so they didn't, they didn't win. And maybe the Flyers should learn that. Uh, also, they do seem, the Flyers do seem to be taking shots on guys who just straight up put the puck in the net. With Forster, uh, Gauthier, they do seem to have make uh, made more yeah. of a uh, effort to do that now, which is funny after you know ten years, Copter. twelve years of the best setup man in the league, uh, you know Forsberg Light captaining them, and they couldn't get him a goal scorer. Now they think it's important. Yeah, sure, they're just drafted to bring it in Caulfield, but uh, yeah, I digress. Um, the team that I really like watching right now that has the young goalie and has put speed veterans and young talent around them is Dallas. Do I see Dallas winning a cup over the next five years? Probably not, but could they get to a final in the next five years? Yeah, because their whole team plays fast. It's not a soft team. They have exciting players who scores. Like you would think that's the team that the Flyers would want to have. Not just, okay, yeah, we're going to get Nick Delorier to punch some people and Zach McEwen to do whatever he does. Like, yeah, let's get Mason Marchment to be big and physical and score in there and just have a bunch of young kids score. And he's like, is Dennis Gurionov the best player in the world? No, he's never going to live up to his draft position. But, like, he plays with a lot of speed. Like, how Pavelski plays with a lot of speed, and he's never been fast because of the line that he plays on. So, like, Dallas, I feel like, might be the model team of, yeah, you can't, like get all of the talent, but if you put the right talent around um, some of the guys you already have, you can put yourselves in a lot better spot. Like I think the Flyers want to go to the Blues Kings model, but I think the game is slowly moving past that based on how fast it's gotten. It's just so much faster now. Like it's you can't. Uh, maybe there's a you know maybe there uh, one team who just puts it together perfectly yeah. can do it, but it's not. It's not the modern, you know, model. It, it, it's not the thing that's probably going to work. You're bucking the trend if you go in that direction. Um, and have, like, Provorov, and I know Farabee's got points, but have Provorov and Farabee, like, just look worse this year to you? Because, like, Provorov just the last couple of years has declined, and Farabee I didn't really know this much. 
Uh, Provov, I feel like this year has been better than he was in the last few, but that's a real low bar. Um, Farabee, I'm willing to just kind of give him this year to figure out who he is after, after that, after that next surgery, you know, yeah. uh, eventually we're going to need him. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be the next wave of talent for this team. You're, uh, you were on a really, really good pace to start your career. Like I tracked it for a while. He was like point for point, goal for goal right there with the exact same production as David Pasternak to start his career. Um, that's clearly, uh, you know, fallen off quite a bit since then. Yeah. Injury has something to do with that. The team around him has something to do with that. But he's going to need to get back to a lot closer to what he was uh, if he's going to be a piece moving forward. I haven't seen much out of him this year. Uh, and I think with Goche, they, they I, I hope Chuck or whoever the GM is at, at the end of the year, they should just tell him, please go back to another year, dominate dominate your age group, dominate the world junior again. And like, they, they should not rush this kids because you see plenty of kids being rushed out of the NCAA after one year. And then they play on a bad team and like, it doesn't help their development because then the coach doesn't give them like the right minutes, have them dominate at BC, have them be on a better team next year that BC will have. And then like, then after a sophomore year, then he can step in. The, the only risk is if he wants to come out and then that pisses him off and then he could start to use the leverage thing and stay there longer. I don't think he does that because he's so talented, but I think two years is the right time for most high-end NCAA players. So that's probably what they should do. Yeah, I guess uh, it's really just what what he does the rest of this camp. If he wants to come out, I'm, I'm letting him because like you said, yeah. it, dude, this is – this is our shot. You know, maybe they get another one at the top of the draft this year. It looks like after getting those wins at the start of the season, they're trending towards maybe a bottom five team again. But if this is the one top of the draft guy, you can't risk him being like, well, then fuck it. I'm going to be a free agent in four years. If you want me to go back to college, I'll be a college kid. All right. Yeah. Like the top end of top end guys rarely will do that. I mean, Blake yeah. Wheeler, who was a draft reach at the time. It's, like he it, stayed. it seems, it seems a lot like guys who were under drafted and things like that end up doing it more, but or they I have can't... like, they want to go to a certain team a la Adam Fox. Yeah. 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 But um, the, the thing is, and I know like so many of the Flyers players have been hurt, but you're just looking for them to have more dynamic players. And I've seen it from connecting at times and that's more exciting. But you're hoping that when Brink's healthy and some other people come up or uh, Goche turns pro, that it'll just be more exciting. Because, yeah, like Anaheim's terrible for sure, but like they're going to, at worst, they're getting Leo Carlos and their Matt Vemishkov, and they still have exciting young players. So, like, I, I like what the Ducks' future is, even though they're terrible right now. I don't know what the Flyers' future is, like, the hell of Oh, no. I'd much rather be the Ducks and be the worst team in the league and have Zegris and have Troy Terry and exactly. another top-end pick, you know, and like then the Flyers, who might end up being mediocre this year, and Cutter Gauthier's their best chance. I'd much rather be the Ducks. Yeah. Um, hey, thanks, um, Bill, for what you do every week. Really enjoy the podcast. It gets me through a lot, so thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for dropping in tonight. Uh, let's see here. I think I have a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're live. What's up tonight? Mike Kulovic. I can't hear you, Mike. Uh, try to jump out and jump back in, and I'll see if I can get to you. Uh, let's go to Chris Krochak. What's up, Chris? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Very well, very well. So, uh, actually, I had a similar thought to what was just said. Um, I actually ended up going to the game tonight. You know, I was like, I haven't been to a live game in a while. Like, the last one I went to was, like, February because I wanted to see Drew one more time. Tickets are, like, 50 bucks to sit, like, ninth row behind the net. I said, whatever, let me go. And yeah, I got bad. there. I got there, and I had the same reaction. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> like, it, it just felt like there was no – like, I – I was excited to watch Tampa, but at a certain point, I'm just like, what, what am I doing here? Why am I watching this game? But um, I felt like that a lot in the third <laughs> period on my couch. 
I was like, I could like, I could be doing chores right now. I'm hosting the overnight tonight. I could be getting a nap. Like, this is a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, I'm like, why did I just spend fourteen dollars on a beer here? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no point. Oh, I went to that Drew game and spent ninety six bucks on two drinks. I feel you. Yeah, but um, anyway, I think I might have mentioned this the other night on the post game, but I, I've really been thinking about it a lot. You, you know what really is starting to get to me is the blatant disconnect between the head coach and the general manager. And and Tortorella says that he talks to Chuck all the time. What I really don't understand is Tortorella said it multiple times, and he even said it today at his interview. He said, I don't see this as a quick fix. I see this as a long process. Whatever, I don't know the exact words he used, but yeah, he pretty yeah, much yeah. insinuated, this is going to take a couple of years. We're going to build it the right way. And when they ask like, him things, when they ask him things, and he's like, I'm just going to keep teaching. Like, it's not, like, he sees his role as, like teaching grandfather, not like yeah. hockey dad who's pushing you to excellence right now. He gets it. Yeah. And which I appreciate the honesty there, but what I don't yeah. understand is then you this literally the same exact day, like probably within minutes of each other, Chuck Fletcher says, Oh, I think we're going to be a lot more competitive. I'm looking forward to it. We're five points out of a wild card spot. And it's like, either you're an idiot or you're lying to us or it's both. And that's because like, how- it, it's almost, <laughs> It's almost the lying is so – so if he's just lying and trying to get people excited, one, it's just missing the mark so bad and it's so disingenuous, he looks like a fucking idiot, or he's really just this dumb. You know, like if Fletcher if Fletcher and Tortorella talk all the time, like, cool, I talk to my dog all the time. You know what my dog doesn't – he doesn't fucking know what I'm saying. <laughs> like he's an idiot too. He's an animal. Like, and I, I don't want to call Chuck Fletcher, you know, an an imbecile. Uh, but yeah. he's not very. He doesn't seem to know what's going on. He doesn't seem to get that this team's terrible, and there's no there's no clear path forward in the near future to any sort of relevance or contending. One hundred percent. I understand. Like, look, GMs have to posture if they want to like establish trade value for players. They can't openly tell the media, "Yeah, I think my team's trash." I get that. But at the same time, like as a fan, and I'm sure other people feel this way too, like there's a reason people are pissed off. It's because you keep telling us it's going to be fine and it's competitive. And then at the same time, I'm watching 10 game losing streaks every other month. Like it's been, <laughs> it's been a calendar year and they've lost 10 in a row or more three times. That's most of their games. Like this, it's, I think Charlie said the other day, they played like 90 games. Uh, and 33 of them have, have been in the midst of a 10-plus 10, 10 game losing streak. Like, I, I'm yeah. sorry. If you think this team's competitive, you're dumb. Yeah, and <clears throat> one other thing I want to say about the disconnect between the, the coach and or the supposed disconnect between the coach and the GM, Torts has been saying since training camp, since the offseason, I'm here to figure out who is part of the plan moving forward and who isn't. So if that was Torts' philosophy going into this thing, how the hell – and I'm not saying I don't like Travis Sanai. I'm just using him as an example. Why the hell would you sign this guy to an eight-year contract? It's You haven't insane. seen him in Tortorella's system. You know, you're going out there. You're signing Tony D'Angelo to two years. You're signing Nick DeLaurier to four. You're signing all these guys, Farabee to five, Konechny to five. Like, you're just extending these guys that have been part of losing teams. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care what kind of bargain you might think you're getting on a contract these guys probably aren't part of the solution and now we're stuck with them for a decade or yeah, half a decade. Travis, the Travis Sanheim contract, I mean, he's a better player than Ristolainen, so I guess it's not as bad, but just the length of it, he's 26. He'll be 27 on March 29th. That means right now, this very minute, this is the best Travis Sanheim's ever going to be. This is his prime. What In what world, eight years from now, it makes so little sense and he's on an expiring contract, a second pair defenseman. This is a dude. Like, think about what they got for Braden Coburn, you know, from the Lightning a few years ago. This is a guy that I'm not saying you build around the return you get for him, but it's a big piece you could have traded this year. And it's now nah, we're just going to keep him forever. That's the thing. And it's like, if it, you've watched the past two, three, four years, you're literally signing the guys that have been like the heartbeat of this team. And again, like Travis Sanheim's a fine hockey player. He's on a fine. Good team, yeah, he's totally he's the definition of fine. Yeah, like I don't I don't hate the guy. I think he's steadily improved. He's a fine defenseman, but I think it's just it's the it's the principle of like your philosophy for how you're building this team is not rooted in any logic. And <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, I 
like this disconnect between Torts and the the GM. Either they're they're playing like this insane poker hand that none of us are seeing, and they know what they're doing, and they they know they need to rebuild, and and they see things we don't. But I I, I think it's pretty wild. That's that's the thing. I want to believe that that's what's going on, Chris. That they're like telling us one thing and secretly doing another. But no, if that was the case, Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen are traded, not signed long term to big deals. You know, like that's what tells me it's not even a disconnect between the GM and the coach. It's a disconnect between the general manager and fucking reality. Like, yeah. He lives and, and- in a different <laughs> universe. And I guess, like, not to be Mr. Negative, but now I feel like I'm on a little rant now, not to, like, put salt in the old wounds, but, like, this is the same GM in front office that told us a few months ago, blank checkbook, we're going to get it right, yep. aggressive retool, all the catchphrases you want to talk about. It's a retool, And then they literally Charlie. had, a, yeah, they had a 102-point player who wanted to come to your sorry-ass franchise, and you're like, oh, it's not the time to sign a Johnny Gaudreau. We couldn't make it. Like, you literally... Ristolainen and Sanheim, they fit the timeline. The star player doesn't. It's it's baffling. It's truly... If you think about it too hard, you basically... It's like dropping acid. You just... There's no... Like, I, I can't even fathom it. And and what's really sad is like I try to like you know I try to be the optimist and say okay it can't be as bad as it really is like but it really is there's nothing Cutter Gauthier is the only bright spot and he might only be a second line player you know what I mean yeah, it's like, like okay we'll see what happens with Bobby Brink he's already had a big injury and like maybe he comes back and he's totally fine it happens but it's you know one of the guys I was this season was about to me was seeing Bobby Brink. And it's like, yeah, yeah. well, maybe maybe after Christmas, you know? Like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh, exactly. And, you know, I, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, and the last thing I'll say is, like, if if they just told us the truth and said, you know what, we acknowledge that we need to have a rebuild, we need to start from scratch, and we need to teach things the right way in this organization, I would be fine if we sucked for five years. I could deal with a 10-game losing streak because at least I know It wouldn't even that take guys... that long. Like, it would yeah. take that long to become a cup contender, but there would be steady improvement. This is but, just being stuck where you are forever. The New, Jersey's were, the New Jersey Devils were in a playoff spot four years ago. They made the playoffs four years ago. They sucked ass for the last three. Year four, they're the best team in the league, possibly. I mean, just you need to just suck for two, three years. It's not hard. The fans have been asking for it. Yeah, like, they're just... It really, maybe that is the part that comes down to Comcast is they're afraid of those couple of years of pain. But damn, man, it would result in way more money down the line. I, I don't know. I don't know. And how much worse can it get if they're so afraid of pain? We were the fifth worst team or fourth worst team in hockey last year. We might be even worse this year. So it's like the, the refusal to accept that pain is you're still there anyway, and you're even worse off for it. It's just like the last time the last time they bottomed out, they were in a they were in a conference final in a year and in a Stanley Cup in three. You know, like it's doable, but you can't just keep making the same mistakes over and over. (laughs) It's it's truly insane. And and like I it just what baffles my mind too is like these guys, maybe they are stupid. But how can you spend your entire life playing, watching, managing the sport in every role possible, look at this and not say, hey, maybe the things we've been doing for the last however many years don't work. Maybe it's, we need to do something different. It's it's incomprehensible, Chris, and thanks a lot for uh, jumping in tonight. Yeah, I I can't wrap my mind around it. To I'm not saying I could run a Stanley Cup winning team. I'm saying there's no way if I was the general manager of the Flyers, they'd be worse. I, with zero training, very little expertise, playing South Jersey high school hockey, could run the team as well as Chuck Fletcher. That's it. Uh, That's I couldn't possibly be worse. I don't think anyone I've ever met who's watched hockey could do worse, quite honestly. Uh, Let's go to uh, Max Rieger. What's up, Max? Hit that unmute for me, Max. Max, unmute. All right. I'm going to drop you and see if you can get back in. Uh, if not, I'm going to wrap things up here. So that was uh, yet another post game on this 
long march towards the end of a basically meaningless season. Let's hope the losing just keeps happening and this team, against all odds, is able to acquire high-end talent via the draft. That's it. Um, If Tortorella coaches some guys up along the way and we see, you know, an Owen Tippett or down the line a Bobby Brink or a Cam York kind of come into their own and become, if not difference makers, at least decent enough pieces, that would be awesome. Uh, Let's see if we can get Max back up. Max, is there an unmute button at the bottom? Hello. There it is. Yeah, I got hey, you. What's Bill, up, Max? How you doing? Very well, very well. Well, I just wanted to let you know that I've been following you and your program for more than a year. And I'm a fan of Flyers since, listen to this carefully, January 11, 1976. Do you remember that date? Is that... When they beat the Russians. Yes, and when the Russians walked out. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, see, I'm a fan since that day. And I went through all of this 80s pain and the 90s and all of the stuff. And I found that your program is kind of therapeutic because I barely missed the game. I moved out of Philadelphia in the late 70s. I used to, I used to, I was a grad student at Drexel. So I moved to California and I lived here. So I tried to find years ago at games to watch, but usually it was hard to find, find games to watch here. Now, of course, I can watch any game. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to learn a lot because I'm so far away. And I just listen. Thank to you program. so much for thanks so much for you know finding us, sticking with us, listening. Uh, really yeah. appreciate the support. It's it's really cool. Thank you. Oh, you got it, Max. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's that's I, man, that's that's what it comes down to when when I get down about just having to do these post games, and it's not the hardest thing in the world. Like I, I always say, another day in the content mines. Like I'm sitting here yelling about goddamn hockey. I'd be doing this in my group message with my friends. I I, I get to do it and do it for money. It's don't feel bad for me, please. But I love hearing. Uh, that you know we're a connection for people in different places around the world where uh, that's why I love doing these post games I love doing the podcast and I will continue to do them for all of you uh, to keep us connected through the good times and what uh, the the uh, vast abundance of bad but that will do it for tonight thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out uh, if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom content just like tonight's show uh, you know the whole spiel we have plenty of shows that go up on the Broad Street Hockey Podcast feed. Just hit follow and maybe write us a five-star review. Say some nice words. It's always very much appreciated. All right. uh, If you haven't had enough of me after, what was this, you know, a 53-minute bitch fest about the Flyers, well, listen to Sports Radio 94 WIP from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Tonight I will be, well, it's morning, whatever you want to call it, hosting the overnight show. Uh, So call in. Let's talk about all the other teams. If, you know, you're so... You really want to talk about the Flyers some more? I'll do that too. But whatever it takes, uh, I'm always, always happy to accommodate my BSH listeners. All right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.